from KQED. Guess what, listeners? Our hotline is really hot. And you should call it. Late at night or on your way to work, we don't care. But we have a question for you. What are you most grateful for in pop culture this year? And we might play it on our Thanksgiving episode. Don't you want to hear your voice amongst ours? Call us! Please. So if you do want to call us, number is 415-553-2850. Again, that's 415-553-2850. Can't wait to hear from you. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The The Cooler. Cooler. This week, we're weighing in on a grab bag of midterm election stories, but not necessarily the ones you'd expect. Spoiler alert, one involves a penis bone wielding congressman. Ooh, ooh. Get ready. And because the air can get dangerously thin up there on the moral high ground, we'll be succumbing to the occasional pleasures of being petty. Ooh. Mm. And since we're talking about the air, I'm going to tell you why you probably shouldn't use those little hand blow dryers in public restrooms. Oh, no. Mm. You'll take them out of my dry, dead hands. The answer's going to blow you away. Literally. Mm. (laughs) Hey, listeners, you want to be in on a little secret? We're recording this on Election Day. I know it's two days after Election Day, but surprise, we actually record this show two days in advance. Mm. So... We don't have all the information about the election right now, but because we live in the age of the hot take, we are going to still give our opinion because that's who we are. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. All right. Some quick headlines. Do you remember Kim Davis, the county clerk who refused to give gay couples marriage license, even though the Supreme Court said you need to do that? She Mm -hmm. said, no, I don't want to, Mm -hmm. even though it's my government job to do Unfortunately, do remember her. Yes. Well, she just lost. And guess who won? One of the men that she denied oh, a license to. That, no, that's got to hurt. beautiful. It's called karma. Guam elected its first woman governor ever. Okay, come through. That's a Democratic pickup. So Hi, Guam. Welcome on that. the show anytime, Guam. Mm-hmm. Brian Kemp of Stacey Abrams' voter tabulation Do alleged... Do I want to hear this? ...fraud stuff. Went to vote today, and his voter card came up as invalid. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Are you serious? And an 83-year-old Wisconsin man driving to the polls today, a deer totaled his car. So he walked the rest of the way. He was like, I'm going to vote today. So work, Grandpa, unless you voted against someone's civil rights, then Team Bambi's mom. Mm, statistically, might have done that. <laughs> and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez mm-hmm. is now the youngest woman to be elected to the Congress. Nice. So last week on this very show, we talked about the youth vote and how people say millennials are lazy. We won't get out to vote, et cetera, et cetera. We pushed back on that idea because it seemed dismissive. And it seemed wrong. And it turns out, with the data in front of me, that it was dismissive and wrong. Come through, data. So, according to these numbers, which are wild, the 2018 election is on course to be the highest youth turnout in midterms history ever in the world. Yeah, well, we, in this uh, nation. I was like, in the, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so get a load of some of these numbers. In what some people are calling the Taylor Bounce... Wow. Okay, I'm calling oh, it that. Okay. I, was, I was like, who are no. some people? Some people are me. Okay. We discussed the Taylor Bounce. In Tennessee, compared to the 2014 midterm, early turnout among 18 to 29-year-olds is up 767%. Wait a minute, what? In Texas, the same number is up 448%. Oh. And in Georgia, 
four hundred fifteen. So things are happening. Millennials are mobilizing. Millennials are out here to prove the haters wrong. Specifically, those haters we heard on the last episode, the old ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is probably part repudiation of the haters, but also the direction that the country's going in currently. But it's also probably an embrace of historic progress. So Stacey Abrams in Georgia might be the first black female governor in the United States. Mm. That's nuts it that she would wild. be the first. Right? Yeah, these like firsts are exciting on one hand, but on the other hand, it's like, wait, it's 2018. They so? are bittersweet, to mm. say the least. Andrew Gillum could become the state's first Democratic governor in two decades and the first black governor for Florida ever. There have been zero Native American women in Congress ever, and there are three running this year. So maybe they change that. Beto O'Rourke could become the very first woke former punk rocker skateboarder (laughs) to be a Texas senator. Firsts everywhere. (laughs) I haven't seen people this excited about a Texan possibly winning something since Kelly Clarkson, American Idol, season one. I really haven't. Are there races or ballot measures that you guys are super jazzed about or interested in or keeping your eyes on? Well, it's strange for me because I'm an immigrant on a green card. I can feel strongly about certain races, but at the same time, I cannot do anything about them. So what I tend to do uh, to kind of deflect from that emotionally is to drill down on some very local, quite weird issues like the daylight savings proposition in California. I'm weirdly (laughs) obsessed with Okay, what are your thoughts? That's a great question because I thought I knew. I was like, daylight savings, great. And then it happened at the weekend. And I was like, daylight savings is not great. Mm -hmm. I am tired and I'm waking up at 6 a.m. And I ran out of tea bags. So I don't even have any tea (laughs) to drink. Mm. So I've been oscillating wildly. Your ancestors are weeping, Carly. You have no tea in the house? (laughs) I have a lot to weep about. (laughs) Let's just say that. (laughs) When you were saying, I'm an immigrant and I don't get to vote, I was picturing you trying to go to the polls and someone in a hoodie with sunglasses on saying, she doesn't even go here. (laughs) You don't get a vote. Sorry. Other than the races that we've already discussed, there is one that I just learned about recently Mm -hmm. that I feel like I need to bring to everyone's attention. It's in Alaska. This woman on Twitter, Jordan Rudner, wrote a thread about this race and educated me on all of the mess. So grab some popcorn because this ish is crazy. Mm. I'm already nervous because when you say Alaska politics... You know who leaps into my mind. You betcha. And she Mm -hmm. can see Russia. (laughs) From her house, which we should have eyes on Russia, apparently. So she knew before we knew. (laughs) Wow, maybe Sarah Palin was prescient. We were the crazy ones, Mm. turns out. Okay, so there's this Republican dude named Don Young. He's seeking re-election. The seat that he has has existed for 59 years. He's had it for 45, unchallenged. Oh, wait. Yeah. Mm. He's been there for a while. He's old. Listen, when has that ever worked out badly? Right. (laughs) So a few fun facts about Don. He has been known to carry an 18-inch walrus penis bone for when he wants to make a point and emphasize specifically. It's not supposed to make sense. It just doesn't. Don't know. It's like his version of the of the little laser pointer that you use in yes. conferences. <laughs> yeah. He once threatened to bite a fellow Republican. So there's that. Okay. And he literally held a 10-inch knife against the throat of John Boehner. <laughs> wow. Former House Speaker. Wow. I was, I'm not going to say anything about No comment. <laughs> but turns out John Boehner was like, you know what? It's fine that you did that. We were fighting over policy <laughs> and he agreed to be the best man at John Young's wedding. He probably loved all that macho bullshit. <laughs> so you might be asking, how does a guy like that get reelected over and over and over? Well, a twist of fate. Let's flash back to 1972, his first race ever. He's going against this guy, Nick Begich, who is the front runner. Everyone thinks he's going to win. The only problem is, three weeks before the election, Nick Begich disappears. <gasps> they don't know where he went, but they know he was in a plane. And they assume oh. it crashed. What? Whoa, and there's tons of wilderness in Alaska. Yeah. 
So who the f*** knows? <laughs> <laughs> so the election carries on because they don't know for sure that he's dead. And So wait a minute. The man's name was on the ballot and everything? He won! Nick Begich, wow. plane crash victim, wins. And his little Cessna is just somewhere hovering over some really tall trees. Eventually, they have to declare him dead because he doesn't return. They never find his body. And so they have to hold a special election, which Don Young reruns again and wins this time because the guy's dead. Okay, but hold on. Can we just pause for the boss move of winning an election right? in death, though? Yeah, that's uh-huh. pretty badass. That's <laughs> yeah. Now he is finally facing an actual challenger in the form of a woman named Alice Galvin, whose whole team is mostly women. She's out here trying to do things. Hmm. So I'm looking at that race because that's a lot of messy history. And also, plane crash guy's son is running for governor. (gasps) The return. And the guy who was his biggest adversary in that was taken down by Me Too. So he's no longer running. This is like Alaska. This (laughs) needs to be the new House of Cards I was going to say, Netflix series. (laughs) I'm in. Oh, and I almost forgot. The votes have been tabulated in the most important race of this whole season. Mm-hmm. People Magazine mm-hmm. has named... Let me get my fan. Let me get my church <laughs> fan right now. The newest Sexiest Man Alive of 2018. It is Idris Elba. It is. Finally, we are united as a nation. Last year was Blake Shelton. Talk about an upgrade. Oh, yeah. Talk about whiplash, 180... <laughs> I'm here for it. If that isn't an allegory for how America is course correcting right now, I don't know <laughs> yeah, what is. Yeah. The arc of history, guys. <laughs> As we touched on earlier, we don't know what's going to happen tonight. We don't know. <sighs> we live in limbo. But no matter what, guys, some simple pleasures will always endure. And we must cling to them. And one of those simple pleasures is an appreciation of a good, petty moment. Oh, yeah. Right? Our listeners almost certainly witnessing some incredible political pettiness right now that yeah. we don't know how that's shaping out. But at the weekend, we also witnessed the most perfectly petty gesture. And you know what I'm talking about from Ariana Grande. Oh, yes. Oh. Some backstory. If people don't know about this, Ariana Grande dropped her new track called Thank You, Next. Next. You got mm-hmm. to put the emphasis on the Next. Next. Mm. Right before Saturday Night Live, which happens to star her ex-fiancé, Pete Davidson, right before this episode airs. And some more quick backstory if you've been living under a rock. They had a highly publicized whirlwind romance and an engagement. It crashed and burned after, I believe, five months. Mm-hmm. Something like saying. Yeah. And they initially both stayed silent. But on the promo for Saturday Night Live, Pete Davidson jokes about the engagement. It's actually a really funny joke. I'm Jonah Hill and I'm hosting Saturday Night Live this week with musical guest Maggie Rogers. Hey Maggie, uh, I'm Pete. Hey Pete. You want to get married? No. Over three. I mean, I laughed a lot, I must say. Allegedly, he was also working on a whole sketch about their relationship and it was scrapped. So she, I think she had heard about that. Which is why 30 minutes before She came and said, so what you're not going to do is... And she tweeted and deleted some shady comments, and then she dropped a track. How did I miss the shady comments? Oh, they are great. One of them is the name of the song. Thank you, next. And the track is about being thankful for your exes because of what they teach you, Mm -hmm. which is the biggest backhanded compliment ever. Yeah. Guys, it was so petty. I loved it. I loved it so much. Because while we are all being urged to be civil... 
especially right now, especially as the political divide yawns even more greatly, it can be very cathartic to give in to your worst and pettiest instincts. Hmm. We've been told by Michelle Obama, when they go low, we go high. But sometimes we get a nosebleed. (laughs) Right? We can't just let people treat us like crap. No. And so sometimes the advice of Eric Holder, when they go low, kick them, (laughs) feels stronger to me. I feel it in my spirit more. Sometimes you have Michelle on your shoulder and sometimes you have Eric. Yeah. But so many of us, like women in particular, I feel like we are raised to be dignified and classy and to stay silent about the things that really irritate and anger us and the people that hurt us. And the worst part is that we're asked to also pretend that we are not hurt and irritated because that is not what we do. And Petty says, f*** that. (laughs) (laughs) Petty is the shadow cousin of anger. Yes. Yes. Petty does not care. And that's why I love it so much. I looked up what petty means. Let's hear the official definition. Turns out it means small. Oh. (laughs) Right? You're being real small right now. Now Mm. it all becomes clear. So it means small and insignificant, taken from the French. And this is, by the way, what separates petty from shade, which we have discussed Mm -hmm. on the show before we've given out awards for shadiness. But petty is something different. And so I have some theories. So I believe it manifests in one of two ways. It can either mean... It's not a big revenge that you're trying to take. It's a really small, silly one. It's a small little jab because you know that'll piss someone off. Mm -hmm. Or it means that the big thing you just did to screw someone over is so disproportionate to the really quite small thing that they did that originally angered you that that's where the smallness comes from. Okay, so guys, when I say pettiness, who jumps into your mind? Well, we have done two different episodes about some petty pettiness. Mm -hmm. The first one is an episode called Betty Davis versus Joan Crawford. Oh, that was such a good one. People should go back and find it right now. Yes, so we won't go into it in depth, but I will tease you with this quote from Betty Davis after Joan Crawford had passed. Oh, tease away. Quoth she, You should never say bad things about the dead. You should only say good. Joan Crawford is dead. Good. Oh, petty in the extreme. And also we had an episode called Aretha Franklin hates you, your sister, and your friend. <laughs> that was really awkward when she died. Yeah. yeah. People were like, you should write a glowing essay about her. And I'm like, well, I did this thing about how petty she is, so I can't. So she has a long history of being threatened by other women, especially in the music industry, even her own relatives and sisters and things. She ignores people in public. And my favorite petty moment of hers is when she sent a fax to the Associated Press to address a five-year-old issue with Dionne Warwick's eulogy oh at Winnie Houston's God. funeral. Like, it doesn't get pettier Petty than that. doesn't forget. But a more current one, Nicki Minaj... Yes? ...has been accused by Cardi B of stopping Cardi's bag, mm. which means she's standing in the way of some money that mm-hmm. Cardi could be getting. So Nicki Minaj produces a merch line of backpacks that say, <laughs> Nicki stopped my bag. And now she's actually making bags off of the bag situation. Perfect, mm. Petty. Wow. So Perfect. Demetra, what about you? Well, I've got a couple. So next level, in talking about t-shirts and merchandising now, the person who I think started that whole thing, Evelyn Lozada, Basketball Wives. Oh. Her and Tammy Roman got into this epic fight in which Tammy found out that Evelyn had slept with her husband while they were married back in the day. Long history. But basically, she ended the confrontation with saying, you, Tammy, who's the wife, were a non mother factor. Oh. Okay? So t-shirts at that point got made and it was a thing. Four years. Another person super petty? Mariah. Oh. Mariah carries yes. a immortal I don't know her. 
about Chela. Unfortunately, we can't play a clip of this because all the versions online are in German, which what? is quite yeah, quite distressing. But anyway, Mariah Carey on the red carpet is asked about Jennifer Lopez, and she replies with, "I don't know her." Like, who doesn't know J-Lo, girl? Exactly! <laughs> that, is the, that is the petty. Do you guys know the backstory to this one? I didn't. I just thought she was threatened by Jennifer Lopez. Tommy Matola. Didn't know mm. that... She, because Irv Gotti claims that Mariah was surprised to hear a sample that she wanted for her then-unreleased song, Loverboy. She heard that sample pop up on Jennifer Lopez's I'm Real. And Mariah apparently was pissed. Well, that's what Irv Gotti says. And Jennifer Lopez like went on TV afterwards to say, no, we've met many times and she's just, she's forgetful, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I love the way she nice tried to play that off. try. Well, also, Mariah's first husband, Tommy Mottola, a music insider, mover and shaker, after they broke up, was working on Jennifer Lopez's career oh. and was emulating what he learned from working with Mariah on J-Lo. So she was threatened and she didn't like that she was working with her ex. And here's the thing, though. It's like, how are you threatened? Because you know J-Lo ain't got them vocals, girl. The pettiest thing you can do is pretend that someone is so unworthy of claiming your crown that you're not even aware they exist. Ooh. So let's also hear Mariah talking to TMZ about this. So what do you think about people still referencing I don't know her all these years later? I still don't know her. <laughs> Did she say I still don't know her? Still. still. Know her. Girl. She's, that's petty is shameless. And so let me tell you. So we're talking about breakups. We talked about Ariana. I'll tell you how Mariah was extremely petty in her last breakup. I don't know if you know that when she ended things or I don't know who ended things, but when her and her ex-fiance James Packer broke up, she sued that man for $50 million dollars. <gasps> It was an inconvenience speech yes. for inconveniencing her. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's not petty, I don't know what is. Is that the opposite of the Ticketmaster convenience yeah. fee? Yeah. Where it's <laughs> like, here's your ticket. You're going to print it off yourself. That will be $20,000, please. He wasted her time, and she deserves millions for that. Mm-hmm. And she kept the 35-carat diamond ring. Yeah, she did. Engagement ring. So she wins. Do you guys know how petty Burt Reynolds was? R.I.P. Burt Reynolds. No. <laughs> In 2017, he told The Guardian... Marlon Brando was an unbelievable asshole. He hated me because of my resemblance to a younger him. When we met at a party, he was rude and accused me of capitalizing on looking like him. So I promised him I wouldn't get fat. <gasps> um, so, Damn. the pettiest thing Burt Reynolds ever did was that he was so irritated by the National Choirer magazine's mm-hmm. treatment of him over the years that he hired a helicopter back in the late 80s personally attached a bunch of nets to it and filled it with manure from his own (laughs) horses on his own ranch and hired a pilot to fly him over the National Enquirer offices, which at the time had the tallest Christmas tree in the nation outside of them. He then released the nets and dumped the manure all over the Christmas tree. I'm so sad he's gone. I was sad before, but now I'm just like, he has, we had so much more to, so much more time. We needed more time with he him. He said yes. they'd been writing crap about me for years, so oh. I thought it was only fitting. I see what he did there. And in fact, let's hear Bert, in his own words, talking a little bit about this. So I, I dumped it on top of the, of the tree, and it just cascaded down. It was, it was a beautiful sight. <laughs> Did it make you feel better? I felt so much better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, No regrets. No. That is Bert talking on ESPN kind of just before he died. And that brings us to our final point, guys. Petty may not always be right, 
but it can make you feel really good. Yeah. Mm. That was delightful. Listening to Bird Talk, that was delightful. (laughs) So go to your enemy's house and take a dump. (laughs) (laughs) It's the big and the pick. Hey, the big and the pick. Hey. So now it's time to take a look at the highs and the lows of this week. Yes. Shall we? Who better to be our guide than you? Yeah. So let's get down to the shit, as Bert would. How many times have you been in the restroom, public restroom, washed your hands, and then when you finished, you had a choice between paper towel Mm -hmm. and one of those little sleek hand dryers? I mean, the kind of places I frequent, I'm normally forced to wipe it on my own clothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you do have a choice, what do you choose? I love a good Dyson Airblade. Mm. I'm a big fan of just having like a jet of air cutting through my hands mm-hmm. so that I can see the bone. Oh, so you're talking about the hand reach in? Oh, the, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Go big or go home. Huh. I'm the same because paper used to be trees and we're <laughs> not on this earth for much longer. 2040 is the end date, apparently. The library book is due mm-hmm. and yeah. I don't want to contribute to that. So air it is. Okay. But did you know that you may be blowing more on your hands than just air? Oh, Listen, gosh. if you say the phrase fecal matter, fecal I'm going to walk matter. out of here. So according to a new study, you may be blowing, quote, toilet plume. Plume? Plume on your hands when you use hand dryers. Such a nice name for something mm. so horrible. Right? According to the study that I read in the American Society of Microbiology. Sounds legit. It sounds legit, right? So basically, if you're in a bathroom and the toilet is being flushed and the lid is up, fecal matter is going all over the place. Mm. And that fecal matter is depositing itself in the blades of the hand dryer and mm. creating little bacterial reservoirs. Well, I thought, well, hang on a minute. Well, mm. the place where someone sits on the toilet uh-huh. is so far from the hand dryer. Mm. Fecal matter fecal travel, <laughs> funny. You feel like the persistence of fecal mm-hmm. matter. Never doubt the persistence of fecal matter. Can I just pause you for a second yes. and say, Please do. there is fecal plumes, if you will, on money and on our phones. We True. like literally take dumps while on our phones and we don't think there's plumes on that. It's everywhere. There's also like weird face mites on us and they like crawl all over you at night when it's dark. I read that this week. Uh-huh. So like gross stuff is happening all around us. It's a wonder we're all alive. So, you know, I'm going to still use the air. Are again. you still going to use the air? What else am I supposed to do? Mm. Use paper? Well, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I am going to wash my hands and then I'm going to stand next to the door and wait for someone else to come out so I don't have to touch the handle. Mm. And I'll just shake my hands and walk out with wet hands. I would like to note that Fecal Plume is a great name for a ska punk band. (laughs) It actually was the name of Beto's ska punk (laughs) band. Yeah. So now let's exit this shitty segment and go on (laughs) to the peak of the week. It's great to know that one mention of poop can have three grown adults (laughs) tittering. We are mitt. Exactly. So this week I'm going to rise up into the peak with something called a ring of peace. So we're going to travel to Canada where we're going to talk about the way the National Council of Canadian Muslims supported their community in the wake of the Pittsburgh shooting. Yes. So as we know, there was a tragedy that happened at a synagogue in Pittsburgh. Religious folk in Canada decided that they would not be terrified and they would not back down from worshipping after this tragedy. As I mentioned, the National Council of Canadian Muslims came together and they organized peace rings to protect people and provide comfort for them as they went to go worship in synagogues. Good old Canada. Good old Canada. And so I wanted to share this because I know that right now, as we mentioned, we don't know what's happening at the elections, but we do know that there's been a lot of contentious 
campaign races. There's been a lot of mud slung. There's been a lot of dirt thrown. We're on opposite ends of the spectrum. But I just wanted us to remember that no matter what happens on election night, we're all able to do something good for one another. And there are still people out there who care. And you can be one of them. It's like good old Mr. Rogers said, look for the helpers. (gasps) That guy. That's a great end note. I do feel better because when you first started talking, I'm like, yeah, that's great. But I feel like empathy's dead. But now mm. you changed my mind. I just started thinking about the Canadian border <laughs> and how accessible and do we relatively have to go close it is. Right now? Let's go. Do we have to Google map the way? <laughs> we'll find out later tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and now for the song of the week. Last week, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I'm campaigning for the three of us to be in the remake of a certain movie. Yes. That movie is called Clueless. I'm yes. not sure about how I feel about your campaigning, but continue. We will, yeah, we've already got the costumes. We can totally do this. <laughs> yes. I think that's how movie castings work, right? Yeah, let's do it. We've already got the so, costumes. For those who don't know, it's been decided, I think it's been decided, that they're going to remake Clueless, and it's about time because I think Stacey Dash needs to be retired from the role. I need a new Dion. Right. I, I can be she. What it is. Yeah. And so I thought that there'd be no better song to end on this week than Supermodel. Yes. So take it away, Jill So Beautiful. If you miss us, find us on social media. I'm Excuse My Beauty. I'm at Teacup in the Bay. And I'm Jamie Dressaz. And remember, you can call our hotline anytime at 415-553-2850. Call us. This episode was edited by me, Emmanuel Hapsis, with help from Ashley Ann Craigbaum. And shout out to Susie Racho, David Marcus, and Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs. Catch you next week. Bye. <laughs>